Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, brought to you by Circle Sanctuary, one of the oldest nature spirituality churches in the United States, connecting people of nature center paths around the world. Join us through the week for a variety of shows discussing various topics, celebrating the divine in all of its forms, through nature worship, rituals, education, and building bridges of community. Welcome to Nature Spirituality with Selena Fox. This is Selena Fox, and I am here to celebrate Midsummer and to share information about Midsummer herbs, Midsummer foods, and Midsummer flowers. Midsummer is a name that has been used for generations as synonymous with the summer solstice. And across different places of Europe and now around the world, midsummer and summer solstice are continuing to be celebrated in diverse and wonderful ways. I'm going to share with you tonight some of my own experiences working with midsummer traditions involving various types of herbs, foods that are associated with this holiday, as well as flowers. Midsummer is celebrated on or near the summer solstice. In some parts of Europe, Midsummer was actually celebrated a couple days after the official solstice point and in other cases celebrated for multiple days and nights. As old Europe changed from widespread paganism to Christianity, the midsummer traditions started taking a Christian guise through St. John, that's John the Baptist, and his celebration called St. John's Day is on or near June 24th, and St. John's Eve, also known as Midsummer's Eve, is June 23rd. Now, those of us who celebrate the actual solstice point will celebrate Solstice Eve, and in 2021, that is Juneteenth, June 19th, and Solstice Day itself will be June 20th. Circle Sanctuary is one of contemporary nature spirituality communities that actually celebrate multiple days and nights. Typically, we have an eight-day celebration called Pagan Spirit Gathering. Due to the pandemic, we are celebrating online again this year, June 25th through 27th, but we also are celebrating in person 
on Solstice Day having a Nature Communion Retreat. Some more information about what's happening with Circle Sanctuary and Midsummer and Summer Solstice in 2021 is at the Circle Sanctuary website, circlesanctuary.org. In all of the celebrations I'll be doing this year, I will be working with Midsummer Herbs and Midsummer Foods and Midsummer Flowers. So be it virtual or in person, I'm going to weave some of these traditions into virtual and in-person celebrations. Herb gathering at summer solstice time is something that has happened across time and across cultures and spiritual traditions. One of the reasons there are a variety of midsummer herbs that have the midsummer connection has to do with the tradition that when you harvest herbs at midsummer time or summer solstice time, that they are imbued with special power, the height of the solar year, the longest day of the year, the shortest night. And there are actually several herbs that have connections with the folk name that came up in Christian times in Europe, St. John. So some people have called St. John's Wort, St. Joan's Wort, as a way of bringing about some gender diversification. One of the reasons that St. John's Wort is associated with this holiday has to do with its beautiful yellow flowers. And it has just started blooming in the gardens by my house. I live on land that adjoins Circle Sanctuary Nature Preserve, and it was fabulous to be able to see the blooming of St. John's Wort as midsummer comes on. Oh, some of these herbs have magical uses as well as medicinal uses and ornamental uses. So as we look at midsummer herbs, be aware that there is a lot of different ways of working with these plants. For myself, with St. John's Sport, I appreciate the beautiful yellow blooms that happen and make clips of and put them in a bouquet in my house, but pretty much let the blooms be in their glory as one walks up my front porch. St. John's Fort is a long association for lifting the spirit, bringing about joy and delight. Indeed, there's been some people who have worked with a tincture of St. John's Fort as a form of healing to help lift the mood. As with any of the herb lore and traditional uses that I share tonight, need to 
do your research on it, and work with your own health care provider or providers regarding what will work best for you if you decide to not only work with midsummer herbs in a decorative way and a ritual way, but if you're going to work with them in a healing way, it's really important that you make sure you get additional information and work with those that are helping you with your health care. One of the things about St. John's wort and its yellow flowers and its blooming at this time of year, it's connected with the sun, with light, power, with vitality. And certainly, one can take some St. John's wort the herb and the flowers, and fashion some um, wreaths out of that, um, have images of it as part of midsummer decorations. You can use actual fresh flowers, and you may also want to work with some flowers that are, I call, symbolic flowers. Now, some people like to not only gather herbs, but fashion them into crowns. And indeed, one of the most joyful parts of the herbs of midsummer, being able to weave them and the flowers, flowering herbs and other flowers, into ornamental decorative circles. Now, there are traditions to take a wreath that you have created to look through it at the midsummer fire as a kind of portal for meditative gazing. Yes, you can wear them on your head. You can hang them on your door. It's a lot of different ways of working with circles of herbs and flowers. In Sweden and some other parts of Scandinavia, you have the summer solstice or the midsummer pole. Now, the midsummer pole is decorated with greenery and flowers and wreaths, and it differs from English um, maypoles danced at the beginning of May in that it typically has two wreaths hanging from a cross piece at the top. And so one of the great things about having a midsummer pole, it's a place where it's a focal point for decorations and celebrations, for community gatherings, and for those who love to weave garlands of flowers and herbs and greenery, it is something that can display that artistry. In addition to St. John's wort, there is Artemisia vulgaris, which is commonly known as mugwort. And that's an herb that Circle Sanctuary and its pagan spirit gathering have had as part of its celebration since 1980, when we birthed Pagan Spirit Gathering. 
we create a little amulet bag that we wear around our neck, and we have a variety of herbs that we gather and dry throughout the year and assemble in making these midsummer spirit bags that we wear at our gathering. And since going virtual last year and this year, we have come up with some alternative ways so that spirit bags can still be part of our celebration. The main ingredient in the mixture that we use to celebrate summer solstice, our midsummer amulet, is mugwort. Mugwort has a variety of sacred uses. The name mugwort actually comes from the word mug, a drinking mug, and wort meaning herb in Old English. It is a plant that's used for healing, for protection, for divination, for enhancing ritual activities. And there's a wide range of being able to work with it. You can burn it as an incense. You can create wreaths of living mugwort. You can take leaves and put them in your shoes to bless your feet and your walking. You can use it as a travel charm. There is a wide range of uses for Hugboard. Its Latin name, Artemisia vulgaris, as Artemis, goddess of the moon in ancient Greece. So mugwort has a distinction of being both a solar-connected herb as well as a lunar one. And certainly at the midsummer full moon, which this year is on St. John's Day, that is a fabulous time to be able to do some mugwort magic. Some people like to make a tea out of mugwort and will use that as a wash to bless crystals, to cleanse a ritual area. Some will create a mugwort potion and drink it as a ceremonial beverage. And another way of working with mugwort is to take the dried stalks and add them to midsummer bonfires. So whatever you uh, may want to do with mugwort, know that there is a lot of versatility with this particular plant. Mugwort has, as one of its folk names, the St. John's plant. And that name comes from the fact that it's connected with summer solstice in midsummer tradition. What are some other herbs that are connected with summer solstice? Elder, an elderberry, elder flowers. And it depends on where you live as to when the berries come on and the flowers come on. But elder is also connected with midsummer. It has a special connection with the fairy folk. And some will make elderberry wine or tinctures 
as an offering for nature spirits. Some will make an elderberry delicious drink, elderberry mead, elderberry wine. There's a lot of different approaches to working with the elder flower, with the elderberries. And it is a sacred herb in a variety of different traditions. In addition to these herbs of midsummer, we have arrow, Achillea millifolia. Now you can harvest it fresh, or some people like, as part of their work with midsummer traditions, they have some yarrow that's actually dried that can be used in displays. And, and I have an example of dried yarrow. Yarrow has a long history for divination. Amongst the ancient Chinese, the oracle called the I Ching was consulted by manipulating yarrow stalks. A bundle of 50, one is set aside, and the other 49 divided into piles to calculate the hexagrams that are part of the book of nature wisdom known as the I Ching. Yarrow is something that I use at midsummer weddings, and I typically get opportunities to do anniversary celebrations and hand fastings and actual weddings at midsummer time. June has been a traditional month for weddings. So midsummer month in the Northern Hemisphere is known as June, and June comes from the ancient Roman goddess of marriage, Juno. I myself had I hand fasting in June. Actually, it was two ceremonies, one at new moon and one at full moon that coincided with um, the summer solstice. So working with yarrow at midsummer is traditional. Bringing it to a wedding during midsummer month, especially blessed for lasting love. Now, some people work with Yarrow because the fresh leaves, when they're crushed and used as a poultice, can actually serve to stop bleeding and actually be um, antibacterial and a real healing herb. And I've had occasion to work with it in first aid emergencies with great success. Yarrow also has a long history being associated with love and also associated with warfare. Why warfare? People would take yarrow leaves dried or fresh into battle and then to staunch wounds, it would help stop the bleeding. So yarrow is a very versatile herb and in a dry form, you can easily add it to decorations that can last all month. Another herb that is a flower 
is a daisy. And I got these right before doing this podcast workshop live stream of right from Circle Sanctuary land. You may have heard of the tradition of a person seeking to get some insight about a loving relationship, um, plucking um, flower petals, loves me, loves me not, loves me, loves me not. Well, um, in many traditions, it's actually the daisy that is that herb. And this blooms at midsummer time. So wonderful for garland crowns, wonderful for bouquets, and it has an added lore connected with joy and love and delight. So some of the herbs that are connected with midsummer are connected because they come into bloom at this time. Some herbs are connected with midsummer because it has been traditional to harvest them at this time. And some herbs that are connected with midsummer are part of ritual traditions that incorporate those particular herbs. So we've talked about a few herbs. I'd like to shift for a few moments and talk about foods because midsummer across different traditions and across the ages has been a feasting time. The Midsummer Feast is something that is alive and well, and indeed, those of us who celebrate multiple days and nights have a variety of feasting. Now, some foods are specifically linked in with Midsummer, and I brought an example of one of those foods with me, I have strawberries, and strawberries are very much part of the feasting in Scandinavian countries celebrating Midsummer, and in Sweden, strawberries can be eaten on their own as a kind of dessert, but often they are combined with some other things, and whether you have strawberry and yogurt, or you have a strawberry pie, or a cake, or strawberry topping over some sweet bread. Strawberries are, for many, not only in the past, but contemporary times, an essential part of midsummer feasting. And that goes for all sorts of fresh produce. And clearly, there is quite a range of ecosystems and weather and climate, depending on who's celebrating summer solstice, where in the world, and what's happening in the local area with the various plants that are blooming, that are producing fruit, that are bursting into greens. So I think a good place to start with a midsummer feast is to take a look at what's happening in your own garden if you do gardening. Find out what's in the local farm market 
and to support some local agriculture. If you don't do agriculture yourself, um, get some fresh fruit and vegetables and greens and incorporate that into your own feast. Now, in some traditions, in some places in Sweden and other parts of the world, there is a great dancing around the midsummer pole during midsummer. And so during the day, there is the dancing around the pole. And then what happens at night is feasting and partying. There are some other things that, in particular in Sweden, that are foods connected with midsummer. And because Scandinavian countries have a lot of water around, of course, you're going to have some seafood. So pickled herring and salmon in various forms are midsummer feasting foods that are traditional. Some people have a particular kind of bread that they have as part of midsummer feast. And boiled potatoes in Sweden, another important part of midsummer celebration. Now, typically the potatoes are boiled and seasoned with dill, chives, and some will also add sour cream or what my favorite is, a plain yogurt on potatoes. So we've talked a bit about some food, and we've talked a bit about some herbs. And the flowers are things that not only can be decorative in the home, but something that you can enjoy the summer by going out and harvesting. If you have access to a place where you can gather flowers, and there are a variety of midsummer traditions, not only looking at um, the daisy uh, petal work with it, but actually gathering different types of flowers. One tradition is that you get seven types of flowers and you put them together in a little bouquet and you put it under your pillow on Midsummer Eve. And you put forth the request that you'll dream of your spouse to be. Well, all right, love divination. Flowers have been part of that for generations. I haven't tried that particular technique myself, but I do think it's a lot of fun to look at ways that people have found to go out, be in the green at midsummer time, and to rejoice in the beauty of nature. Now, you may want to make some kind of midsummer crown, and you may want to incorporate some either symbolic flowers or actual flowers in your midsummer crown. In one tradition, after wearing your midsummer crown and dancing around the maple, some will cast their midsummer crown into the fire or hang it at home as a kind of charm. Use it as a wreath on the door, 
or hang it from the rafters for blessing one's home for one's land. So what are some other things to keep in mind with herbs and foods and flowers for midsummer? I think if you have not yet started traditions, that this midsummer is an excellent time to begin. You may want to begin with just a few herbs, foods, and flowers and work with them, get to know their properties, their folklore, and then expand out from that every year. I think a wonderful thing to do is to go for a walk in your local area and pay attention to what herbs you see that are vibrant at this time of year and to look to see what wildflowers there are. And of course, being able to take walks in gardens where there's been horticultural delight where plants are specifically planted in a garden for beauty and for the overall effect of blooming throughout the growing season. Certainly, roses are something that I associate with midsummer month, and we have wild roses growing out in the fields and forests around here, and I complement those with the garden type roses, especially deep red roses. Being able to exchange flowers with a loved one, not only um, having single flowers exchanged, but to actually give each other bouquets or arrangements. Here again, you can do a dried arrangement. It's more long-lasting, or I enjoy the fresh flowers myself. So flowers and herbs not only can be part of your celebration for yourself, but you can share the beauty with others. I think, too, that in this age of social media, there's opportunities to share our herbs, our foods, and our flowers of midsummer with photographs and with videos. Actually, let that go out into cyberspace and in inner space. Which brings me to another way of working with herbs and food and flowers at midsummer time. Work with meditation and go inward using a particular type of herb or flower or food and let that be your focus for a time as part of your own personal celebration. Certainly, there has been some traditions of mindfulness while eating where one savors every bite of big, juicy strawberry, being able to take a bite and experience its delight, and 
having the eating of a strawberry slowly and with focus and enjoyment be part of a celebration. And certainly there's a lot of joy in feasting where there is a great chowing down, but why not have your feast last longer and not only be delivery of fuel to our bodies, but be a sensuous, pleasurable experience. Bonfires are another important midsummer tradition, and herbs come into play there as well. There are different traditions as to what herbs are put into the fire. Clearly, um, where you live and what's available is going to have an impact. Oak is an important part of the midsummer fires that I have kindled in my own personal life as well as in our community life. And a tradition that we've had going on for many years since the very first Pagan Spirit Gathering back in 1980 is in addition to having those oak logs in our midsummer fire, we take dried evergreen wreaths from our yuletide. We save them six months, and as we have kindled the fire, we add the evergreen wreaths to the top of the fire, which creates a spectacular blaze great cheering and celebration of those who are observing the fire magic. Some like to cast particular types of herbs into the fire and mugwort stalks, mugwort leaves, and dried flowers are all things that can work well in a midsummer fire. Some look at nine different sacred woods that go into a midsummer fire. And there's a variety of different lists and different versions of that. One of the best things to do if you're going to be putting herbs into a fire is to harvest those herbs sufficiently in advance so that they actually dry and better release their aroma. So what are some of the other midsummer herbs, ones that can be used in bouquets or dried and cast into the fire? Thyme and a lot of the culinary herbs, sage, and there are a variety of different types of sages. Mugwort and other artemisias such as wormwood and having lemon balm and mint and basil. All of these are fragrant herbs that can bring the light to your midsummer night and day. So what are some other things to keep in mind as you plan your midsummer celebration. Well, when it comes to feasting, incorporate some of the herbs that 
are fragrant and good for digestion, and certainly thyme and basil and mint. You may want to put them in salads. Petals, which um, is very rich in vitamins and minerals, can be a wonderful addition to different dishes. It loses its sting when steamed or dried or cooked. And see what's available. Many people will create a grand orchestroid with lots of foods for feasting. And some will be butters that have been seasoned with herbs. There may be um, hives that are actually incorporated into sour cream, different breads and cheeses, different meats for those who are carnivores, and look to see what types of fruits are available. Not only setting the food out so that it's available for consumption, but finding ways to display it to increase the beauty of the feast table. So get a little bowl, um, platters, uh, have a tablecloth, have flowers and fresh herbs to decorate your feasting table. Another wonderful way to move ahead with a midsummer tradition. And we haven't yet talked much about beverages connected at this time of year. The Circle Sanctuary community, we've had a number of community members that are skilled at making all sorts of wonderful drinks, alcohol um, drinks as well as those that are non-alcoholic. I do a lemon balm and honey and berry tea, a summertime delight that um, I, I make up, and it's good cold. I bring a lemon balm. Um, I put it in some boiling water. I bring up the water to boil, turn off the heat, put the lemon balm in, stir it around, then add berries. I usually have frozen berries from the previous summer, some leftovers, so I put berries in, and then... I often will put a bit of honey, local honey. We've even had honey come from Circle Sanctuary land, stir it all around while it's hot, and then strain it, um, the different bits of herb and, and berry bits out, and then strain it and fill it. And you can actually use filled beverages such as this make some ice cubes out of them, and then you can add those to all sorts of drinks that can bring some summer berry delight. Now, mead is a popular beverage at Taken Spirit Gathering and at other midsummer celebrations I've been part of. Some people will work with different kinds of berries and different kinds of of herbs that are part of this honey beverage that goes back to the ancient 
pagan time, certainly doing a libation, honoring the ancestors, honoring the divine, honoring the spirits of the land, as part of Midsummer Rites with a mead is something that is traditional and also something that is pleasing to sacred powers. Some other things to consider doing for midsummer with herbs and foods and flowers. Consider having an opportunity to study about the lore. To not only do some research online or in books, talking with those who have experience, but do your own type of meditation working with individual plants and ingredients to feast. I'd like to share with you a few more traditions involving herbs and food and flowers. One is to look at different forms of divination that you can do. Certainly burning some type of incense as part of a divinatory experience is something that can be done at any time of year. My favorite incense for midsummer is frankincense. I often will burn it in the form of gum resin soaked over a self-igniting charcoal block, but you can get gothic that also um, can deliver the wonderful smoke. Frankincense is an herb. It's actual gum resin from a tree that grows primarily in the Middle Eastern part of planet Earth, and it is associated with the sun, and what a wonderful aroma. There's a reason it's been burned in so many different holy places and rituals across faith traditions and cultures through the ages. It elevates spirits, it um, cleanses an area, it blesses an area, it helps one get into the mood for doing ritual work. So you may want to have some frankincense or some other form of divination incense and to begin to cleanse the area, to cleanse the divination tool with that. Then taking some time to focus on what is the question, what is the focus, what kind of guidance are you seeking to divination. And you may find having some fresh herbs that have divinatory associations and ones that really uplift the spirit and being able to gently crush the leaves and to breathe in the aroma. Lavender, excellent for that. Mint, wonderful for that. And, of course, I love mugwort in its various forms, not only as an incense, but as something that one can have to enhance spiritual work. 
after preparing oneself for divination, doing the divination, then working with sacred sense is to reflect on what has come to you as part of divination and then writing down, making a record of what the guidance is. If you're going to be working with plants and foods and flowers for divination and for other purposes, it is really good to honor the spirits of those plants as you begin and to give thanks as you conclude. In addition to having divination time, what are some other ways to work with herbs and foods and flowers at midsummer time? You may want to create a sacred circle by forming the ring with fresh flowers or you may want to take some fresh herbs and literally walk clockwise around your circle and do stewing herbs. So that is another approach for working with herbs at this time. And certainly in creating a ritual for summer solstice time, decorating the altar with fresh greenery, with fresh flowers, with herbs that are associated with the holiday can really add not only a beautiful dimension to it, but an energetic dimension. So what I'd like to do now is talk about two other mid-summer herbs that have been part of celebrations that I've done and that I invite you to consider working with mullen. And mullen has a variety of different names. It's biennial. So the first year it, it leaves, the second year a tall stalk. Its flat name is Herbascum Baptus. And some of its common names are Witch's Candle, Crone's Paper, um, Jupiter's Rod, and the tall stalk can be harvested and dried, and it can be dipped. The end dipped into wax or something like citronella oil. And you can actually use mullein stalks, dried mullein stalks, to kindle your midsummer fire. It can be quite dramatic to have a variety of mullein stalks all ablaze, all each held by someone and circling a fire that needs to be lit and then all coming to the center and letting that fire go up into a blaze. Now, mullein has many different uses in addition to the ceremonial use of its salt for kindling and torches, the herb is connected with honoring the dead and with divination. 
So this is another herb of midsummer that you may find helpful as you create a midsummer bonfire to add that special magic to that. It also is very healing for the lungs, and given the fact that the pandemic has caused a lot of respiratory issues, being able to work with some herbs such as pollen and lemon balm and thyme, horehound and holdfoot, a variety of herbs connected with treating respiratory conditions, and comfrey is another herb that um, can be blooming at this time of year. All of those could be used as part of healing ceremonies to help those in need get healthier lungs and to help our society and our world as a whole. So you can work with respiratory herbs at this mid-summer 2021 to help bring about healing in your area as well as globally. What are some other herbs that are connected with this celebration? Now, some people like working with calendula um, and marigolds, flowers that are annual and will plant them in borders around gardens and what a beautiful um, touch it can bring at Blendula and to have marigolds as part of a garden space. Sunflowers, of course, are connected with the sun. The wild sunflowers that we have growing in our prairie don't tend to bloom until later in the summer rather than now. But it depends on where you are as to what uh, may be blooming in your particular climate area. Rosemary is an herb that's good year-round, and sage is something that has beautiful blue flowers. It's in bloom at midsummer time as well. In fact, the old folk song, a parsley sage, rosemary and thyme, those four herbs are not only great for midsummer celebrations, but they've been traditionally connected with life passage rites, ceremonies of remembrance, memorials, but also welcoming in new life for baby blessings and birthings and for weddings, for coming of age into young adulthood, for coming into age into seniorhood. So parsley, sage, rosemary, and thyme, not only a beloved old folk song, but those herbs all have ritual uses across time and different traditions. Urbina and chamomile also are connected with midsummer. Chamomile because of the beautiful yellow flowers and verbena, some people will use that as part of a beverage tea. Where to go for more information about different flowers and foods and herbs? 
I think, an excellent way of being able to start deepening your understanding of working with the greenery and the flowers and the herbs is to begin with what you already know. What are the herbs? What are the flowers? And what are the foods that you already have connections with and associate with the summertime? And to do some research into each of those. Learn not only some of its folklore uses, but also pay attention to ways that these have been used in different cultures for celebrations. Many of the plants that have a relationship with humankind have multiple ways of being part of human life. They be used in a decorative sense, ornamental, may be used as food, may be used as medicine, may be used as incense, as charms. There, the internet has many search engines, and I do think a good starting place is to pick a particular herb that you would like to feature as part of your midsummer month. And then, not just check one source, one book or one article or one website online, but actually give yourself some time to explore it in different ways. And even more important, I think, than doing that kind of research is when possible, make direct contact with the living plant to spend time with it in its living form. That might mean going to a park or a botanical garden. Um, and if you aren't able to actually connect with something while it's in its living state, still in the ground, well, go to a farm market where it's been freshly harvested. So having plant, working with it, observing it, connecting with it, honoring it, becoming one with it. What comes to your mind as you commune with a particular plant? I have these daisies, and one of the things that I enjoy about daisies not only are they abundant at this time of year, but they are something that brings so many different people and different traditions together. Recognizing something that has a kind of universality to it, a symbol of summer, a symbol of midsummer. As you immune with a particular herb or food or flower, give yourself not just a few moments, but really allow yourself to spend some time. Appreciate the shape, the color, the texture, 
the aroma, what rises up in your own consciousness as you connect with the herb or other plant or food that is your focus. And when you are done giving thanks and making a note of what your experiences are. This is actually part of a process that I've been teaching for years called plant communion. And one of the ways of developing herbal allies is not only having the information about its uses by others, but developing a relationship with the plant and with its essence yourself. So this midsummer, I invite you to take some time and explore the realm of midsummer herbs, midsummer foods, and midsummer flowers. I invite you to get out into the green, go out into a natural place to experience yourself communing with the bounty of nature at midsummer time. I also invite you to select an herb or a food or a flower and go deep with it, learn about how others have worked with it, and to have your own direct experience with it. Have an image of it or have it itself on an altar, do some journaling, do some ritual work, some meditative work. This will deepen your own personal connection with this dimension of midsummer, and it will enhance your celebration of midsummer this month. These are just some of my own experiences and learnings over time know that there is a lot of diversity in ways that people have worked with herbs at midsummer time over the centuries and around the world. But this is a living tradition, and part of the way that we have a living tradition is that we make our own connections, and we can share about those connections with others. Sometimes a chant may come to us. Sometimes we may get a dream or a vision. Sometimes as we do this work with one or more dimensions of the natural world, we will have flashes of insight that bring us closer to the divine, the divine that's within us and around us. So I wish you a glorious midsummer time and I invite you to learn more about summer solstice and midsummer through not only podcasts that I'm doing June 2021, but we have a variety of podcasts from the past that are at Circle Sanctuary's website. Go to circlesanctuary.org and then go to CSNP. Circle Sanctuary Network podcast. And you not only can see upcoming podcasts that will be happening this midsummer month, but you can also access podcasts from the past. 
And at the Circle Sanctuary website under Teachings, you can access my free online guide to celebrating the season. So for all of you in the Northern Hemisphere that are celebrating Midsummer this month, there's lots of information there. And for you who are in the Southern Hemisphere tuning in, you can use this information in six months when you have your Midsummer. But my guide to celebrating the seasons also has things about Yuletide and Midwinter and the Winter Solstice. I wish you a blessed Midsummer. Thank you all for joining in, and thanks to our CSNC team, David and Jeanette Ewing from Virginia, Laura Gonzalez from Illinois, and um, Deborah Rose from Kentucky, Casey Pope from Colorado, and we have expanded our social media team to also include Laura, who does our CSNP page, also doing our Circle Sanctuary page, and Juliana of Russell. So all of these Circle Sanctuary ministers, I give thanks for their work and a shout-out to Judith, who does our graphics, who does ministry, and helps me with full moons, and we'll have a midsummer full moon later this month. Thank you all for coming. For more information about Circle Sanctuary, visit us on the web, circlesanctuary.org. For more information about our Pagan Spirit Gathering, register by June 16, 2021. You can go to paganspiritgathering.org or go to the Circle Sanctuary website, access Pagan Spirit Gathering there. We're also on Twitter, on Instagram, and on YouTube. Thank you all for joining in. Be blessed and happy Midsummer. We give thanks to Midsummer Herbs and Flowers. Continue to be with us as we continue our celebration of the coming summer solstice and midsummer. So be it. Bless your blue green ocean, bless your red blue sky, your streams and your valleys, your mountains so high. Bless your gods and goddesses, Buddha, Sikh, and Jay. Jesus, Allah, Yemayah, we praise your many names. Speak a thousand languages, we speak with the same tongue. Bless our planet. Under one sky, all the people on it, we all laugh and we all cry. Oh, bless our planet, place of our birth. We are all one family, we are children of the earth. Bless your vibrant city, bless your sacred ground, your hillsides and your forests. 
and bless your tiny town. Bless the winged ones that fly. Bless the horse and bear. Elephant, the dolphin, the cricket and the hare. We speak a thousand languages. We speak with the same tongue. Bless our planet under one sky. All the people on it. We all laugh and we all cry. Oh, bless our planet. Place of our birth. We are all one family. We are children of the earth. Bless our planet. Under one sky. All the people on it. We all laugh and we all cry. Oh, bless our planet. Place of our birth. We are all one family, we are children of the earth. We are all one family, we are children of the earth. And thank you for joining us on the Circle Sanctuary Network Podcasts, presented by Circle Sanctuary and produced for all who follow the Nature Center paths. Join us here throughout the week for various programming connecting the community around the world. And please don't forget to watch for updates on the Circle Sanctuary website at www.circlesanctuary.org. And follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash csnpodcasts. We can also be found on your favorite podcast hosting sites, such as iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And until next time, many blessings. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.